Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to close the door, slam it shut on the 2021 Challenge Cup for the Chicago Red Stars. All those uh, 2021 Challenge Cup aspirations, we hardly knew you. Here to talk about and recap a 3-2 loss to OL Reign. There's uh, some things to get into here in this match, although maybe again, a lot of the same things that we've been talking about in three previous matches. So I couldn't do all this alone because no one could ever do anything alone. So I'm joined today by my friend, homie and colleague, Clara Watkins, AKA the Scam Originator. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm good. How, how are you, Sandra? How are you doing today? You know, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I, I'm yeah. full of jokes. I'm ready to laugh. Okay. Some <laughs> yes. um, you know, there's, you can laugh with, but sometimes you do have to laugh at mm. things. And um, there's some real funny things going on in Chicago. You're not wrong about that. And I think uh, we got to chat about it. And I think now that the four games are over, um, we're going to take a look at this game specifically, right? But I think now that we've got the four games to sort of um, kind of look at in a larger spectrum of things that maybe we'll we'll take a, a look at some broader points. Um, but I think it's – it's uh, we're going to just stay on brand. I think what we've been doing with these last few matches, Claire, which is, you know, maybe trying to – still find those good things, right? Where we talk about those good things, but, you know, really kind of continue to ask those questions because I think that's what we're left with at the end of this challenge cup is way, we still got way more questions than there are answers, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, just kind of the thing I keep repeating to myself when when looking at all of these, all all four of these games is just it just still very much feels like the the data is incomplete and it's inconsistent. And so I think it's hard to draw any grand conclusions. Um, but I think this is maybe a good episode to just talk about like trends, right? We can just talk about where things are sort of trending. Um, it's only going to be there's only going to be limited relevance to all of this. Sorry, guys, just because they do have three weeks off now. So there's going to be new data and new trends once we hit the beginning of the regular season, but we can definitely talk about, you know, what, cause this game was definitely different, but also not. And so <laughs> I'm like, I said that and I was like immediately walking it back, but um, yeah. And so I think that all we can do is kind of focus in on, on little things that we noticed and try to kind of like see where this is going. Because I think for Sandra and I, we are, you know, we're not like smashing that panic button yet, but we're still just, I think is like confused is maybe a better word for it. We just don't know. It's hard to figure out what the, what the narrative is, what is happening here. So, yeah. You know, there's, um, I think there was a, there was a perspective heading into this match against all rain. Right. Where it's like, OK, it's it's no matter what happens in this match, you're already you're out of contention for the Challenge Cup. Right. The West Division has been locked up. Portland said they knocked that door down. And they said, anyway, stop trying, everybody. Mm -hmm. We arrived and um, you knew it was going to be your final game of this tournament. So not only all of those, you know, bullet points kind of going into these things, there were also other factors coming into this game where it's like you're on the road. 
right? So you're getting a one last um, experience of travel uh, away. And you're also going to Tacoma where OL Rain play in Cheney Stadium. Where OL Rain play in Cheney Stadium, which is a baseball field. Yeah. And it is a little itty bitty spot. So yeah. the pitch is mm, sort of a it's enough to be considered regulation, but it's far more narrow, right? And it's a different vibe. So we were one of the things that we had previewed in the previous episode was highlighting those things and talking about, well, are we going to see some adjustments? What are things going to look like for the Red Stars? And if there was a game to do it, everything else, all the aforementioned stuff meant that this was the game to do it, right? So We'll get into all that stuff right now because we did see minor adjustments, even if it was something like rotation of players, right? Um, and we're going to go down the starting 11 to sort of get all of our reactions on this type of stuff. So we're we're going to start with the hosts first because this is a Chicago Red Stars podcast and we are going to talk about Chicago Red Stars things, but we were equally impressed by some individual performances uh, amongst O.O. Rain. So we're going to go down that. They lined up as followed. They had uh, Karen Bardsley in net. They welcomed Lauren Barnes uh, back in the back line. Uh, Madison uh, Madison Hammond, Celia, Stephanie Cox to round out their defense. Uh, Danny Weatherholt, Quinn, Megan Rapinoe, Jessica Fishlock, Sophia Huerta, and Leah Pruitt to round out their starting 11. Uh, Claire, initial initial reactions to this starting 11. I, I, I remember seeing this 11 drop. And immediately saying, rip, rip, RIP Chicago. I, I did. I had that feeling. I said, I said, oh, that's right. That's right. Um, Jess Fishlock is on this team. And uh, she's just a fantastic player. She has fantastic games against Chicago. And um, they welcome back Lauren Barnes and Stephanie Cox to this lineup. And I said, that's already going to just like immediately change things for them on the defensive side of the ball, which, you know, frankly, they kind of had been struggling a little bit um, in their previous matches. So uh, what were your uh, thoughts when you looked at this uh, OL Reign lineup? I mean, yeah, I definitely thought it was the most complete lineup that Chicago was going to face in the, in the challenge cup, you know, just because of the um, circumstances of their schedule, they faced Houston and Portland without their internationals. And then they placed Kansas city who quite frankly just has fewer of those big names and then this OL Rain team, this is like their final shot against what is closer to what you would see being a choice regular season starting 11. Um, right. So they pulled Amber Brooks, <laughs> and <laughs> which, you know, it is the right thing to do. She didn't have a great game against Portland. Um, so that was a little bit more of a steady back line. It's a slow back line, though. But, you know, Chicago isn't the paciest team either. So I think my first thought was just like, this game's probably going to be a little bit slow. It's not going to matter so much because the field is quite small. Um, and then, yeah, they're putting the pieces together, right? You got Megan Rapino starting, probably figured she didn't have a whole 90 in her, but she did start. You got Jess Fishlock. Quinn is having a great year. Um, so, yeah, I think that it was something where I was like, well, you know, on, on paper, I don't actually think that this is a significantly stronger 11 than Chicago's, but it's going to present new looks and new challenges that they haven't seen thus far this year. Um, I think it did. <laughs> and I think we'll probably, yeah, I think it did. Yeah. Right. I think we'll probably get more into that in this, in the, in the later half of the game for Chicago and their final challenge cup match. They went ahead and they, they, they lined up as followed. They had a listener net, 
uh, Sarah Gordon, Tierna Davidson, Kayla Sharples, and Casey Kruger to run out their back line. Uh, they had Julie Ertz, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Mallory Pugh, Katie Johnson, and Rachel Hill to round out their starting 11 for this final match against uh, Oil Rain and in their Challenge Cup. And um, yeah, you know, when this starting lineup dropped too, I said, hey, that's that's a team with players that we have been covering for X amount of time. And uh, there's that a lot is of definitely players. a team with players here. Right about that. Player, and uh, they can maybe do some things. Was really excited to see Mal Pugh get another start. Was immediately excited and thought, hey, maybe they're going to build on, on those 30 minutes in this match. Turns out they did. Um, good to see somebody like Kayla Sharples back in the mix as well. You know, she started out this Challenge Cup uh, with the team. And then uh, kind of had to miss out due to some, you know, following some COVID protocols and uh, seeing her back in the mix was, was nice. Um, and then finally, you know, seeing somebody like Rachel Hill uh, inserted back into this lineup who, you know, quite frankly, we've, we've really just kind of forgotten about haven't we Claire? Yeah. She hasn't played very much. Um, yeah. So this lineup, Aaron Wright is hurt. That's why she was not in the 18. Um, so instead of, putting somebody else at, at outside back. They moved Kayla Sharples into the starting lineup and moved Sarah Gordon out um, to left back. And I thought, I mean, I mean, you know, you have a player like Sarah Gordon and I think that you utilize that as much as you possibly can. And I thought Sarah Gordon had a good game out there. Um, and I think that's also interesting. You know, it's like <laughs> what's going on with Zoe Goralski. Um there are some players that we just haven't seen play at all during this challenge cup. And you're just like, what is happening? Um, and yeah, the rest of it, you know, I thought it was interesting that Morgan Gatra did not start. Um, because I thought that she's played well for them. It's possible that that was just a minutes thing. Uh, and then, yeah, Rachel Hill comes in. You just, I think you just look at that lineup and you hope that Mallory Pugh can do something. And turned out that she could, but I, I will say this, that it's interesting considering what we were told before the challenge cup started about the competition in training that we're not seeing a huge amount of diversity in starting 11s. A lot of them are making sense in terms of fitness and in terms of, of who's hurt and who's not. And um, who's ready to go, all of that sort of stuff. But I don't think we've seen any significant competitive changes. And I think that that's not, I mean, I, I just think that that is not what the team was sort of talking about at the beginning of the season. And what I don't know is either it is these players who every single day are like the players in training who are giving the most and doing the best and you do not you know, bench somebody when they are showing up in training. Great. Um, but if that's the case, then are the other pieces that were brought in, are they doing what they were brought in to do? Um, and again, it's, this isn't like a huge concern, big red flag, but this idea of, okay, I'm still just a little bit confused. I'm still a little bit just like waiting to see how this plays out because we heard a lot about the idea of rotation and competition and we're seeing very similar starting 11s, especially in that midfield. And so I am curious about what that means. Um, yeah. Uh, again, I think we started out this episode saying that we had a lot 
more questions, you right. know, after this game. And these are the ones that we had when we saw the starting 11, right. Drop. And honestly feels a little bit like maybe one of those got answered when we're talking about somebody like Mel Pugh. Right. Um, but, um, you know, we don't have to, I mean, the first half, <clears throat> I think you hit it right on the, the head, Claire, when you talked about your impression to that starting 11 for, for Ola Rain. I mean, the, this game was a bit slow and disjointed yeah. to begin, really on both sides of the ball here. Um, and it was almost fitting that the goals that eventually did happen in this match happened later. You had Mel Pugh get on the board ahead of halftime and then Sofia Huerta with an equalizer just ahead of halftime to sort of maybe wake both sides up a little bit. Um, so to kind of just get into halftime, because we really, I think just want to chat a little bit specifically about that second 45. Um, Mallory Pugh is a player that we already noticed um, from her game one debut, right, in Challenge Cup to this second day, to the second start, essentially, um, against Oil Rain. Going from her uh, 30-ish minutes to her 65-ish minutes here. And from the first whistle, just sort of still seeing her being so active um, on the pitch. And we're talking about movement off the ball and then dribbles on the ball, right? Um, that when this goal happened um it it brought me back to something that you had brought up prior Claire and chatting a bit about the current state of this team specifically when it comes to their offense or lack of and the attack was who is going to score on the Chicago Red Stars and who is going to do that and it's going to feel really good and uh Mal Pugh made that happen in this game for Chicago and it came off of a sideline throw-in, which for me was like the best part about this goal. You had Casey Kruger running up to the line and taking this throw-in and she just throws it directly to Mal Pugh and Mal Pugh just literally does everything else on this goal from receiving the ball to get to dribbling it, dragging defenders in this back line, creating her literally creating her own space and her own shot and it's like as soon as it came off of her foot, it's like you knew it was going in the back of the net. It was so, so lovely to see. And like this was it. This was of the two goals that happened during Challenge Cup. This was a goal that felt really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of things on, on Mallory Pugh. Thing number one is that uh, the fact that she built from 30 minutes to 65 minutes after six days rest on the road is a really good sign. Um, that means that she's feeling better, like for real. And she looked good. Um, from what we've gleaned, I think probably what happened at the end of 2020 was she had a pretty severe hamstring pull. That's what I think it was. Um, those are hard to come back from and you have to be really careful not to do too much too soon. Cause you can re aggravate really easily. And so props to Chicago's training team, props to their, um, performance, analytics, all of that sort of stuff. They are clearly doing a good job of bringing her in when she's ready. Um, and she had a really good 65 minutes, no re-aggravation of anything. You're just like crossing your fingers that for the next three weeks, that stays true. <laughs> um, so, so props to Chicago, that's them achieving exactly what they wanted to achieve in terms of this player fitness. And you can't understate, um, the importance of that. 
And then Pew on the field, two things were happening. And, and I want to be really careful about this because when I'm talking about pace, I'm not really talking about physicality because she's very fast. We know this, but her speed of thought, like the pace in which she was thinking about the next step or where she wants to move or who she wants to find was on a level that we haven't seen from this team. And, and so when you talk about a player's speed, yes, actual physical speed is helpful, but for Pew, it was really just about speed of play and speed of thought. And I think we saw that on the goal and we saw that multiple times before and after the goal, she was receiving the ball. Well, she was making passes that her teammates weren't always ready for. And you're just like, come on. (laughs) But um, that's really exciting because I think not only um, do you need a player like that to be a competitive team in this league, but the hope is that the more time people get with her, it'll actually raise the standard of the whole front line. So I thought that was really exciting as well. It was a great strike. She did it herself. She saw the gap between the center backs. She said, thank you. And she took it. And that was great. And I loved, I loved the, the joy in the run. Once it hit her foot, she knew she hit that one. Well, found the nearest teammate. I thought that was really, really nice. And it's the first time in 2021, you got that really good feeling from, from a red star school. Yeah, it was a, it was a, team celebration you saw you saw it in all of the the body language and it was uh it was the first time during the challenge cup and in 2021 that the red stars um found themselves with a lead essentially so it was like you know there were multiple reasons um to sort of celebrate that 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 moment there um and it was it really was such a great great goal also uh happy birthday to to the young striker yeah, we're, exactly. we're recording this we're recording this um on on her birthday uh, happy to have you here in chicago and then giving that moment and opening up your scoring account with the team um but it was it was it was a, a really it was a really great moment it's as brief as 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 the lead as a lead what but it was so great to to see that because it just again we're we're talking about these questions that 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 we feel like we're left with more post challenge cup and and that that was one of them the you know you mentioning who's going to score and it actually feel good good across the board like for the team and and folks watching um but really for this this forward core as well because i mean chicago's operate has been operating you know um, with this sort of platoonist uh, forwards, and um, there's just been some some question marks there. There's been a lot of great ideas, right? But it's almost felt like uh, there's just like that lack of killer instinct, kind of um, in front of goal a little bit. And for all of uh, her tremendous work rate uh, on the goal and on the pitch, and, and Kalia Watt, uh, she is also someone who is still navigating her way through this system and within this team. So it was, you know, we've seen, we saw Kalia Watt get her goals in the later part of 2020 during fall series. Um, So it's, it feels good to see a player like in a, coming into a similar scenario, new team, new system, and be able to connect right away, essentially. Yeah. um, I have some big, I have some big thoughts about, all of this, which we should probably wait until we've gone through the whole game, which I know we'll try to do quickly, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think also quite frankly, and this is a discussion going into this sort of little pause period too. This was actually something that we saw throughout this game, which is 
that when you have a roster where you have players that are trying to be really active and do a lot um, to make the whole thing work, when those players make a mistake, that's when you get punished. And it's like noticeable. Like, I think even I said this, like, and I, it's funny because like, I, you know, Tierna Davidson had two kind of bad giveaways in this game and she was, she had their highest passing accuracy of the whole match. And so, yes, you like point out those moments, but it's because there are other players who are not doing as much are not doing enough that you see some of the strain there. And so that's where you get the equalizer is you have, they've had some moments in all of their games where they're passing out of the back and you're like, they're about to get blown up. And it finally happened. Um, and, and Jess Fishlock pounced on it. Yeah. Fed it to Huerta and that's it, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I guess we just move on to second half. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it it was short lived. You're talking about a goal that happened in the 38th minute. And then we hear all the time about how crucial those those five minutes after a goal is scored. And then here comes Jess Fishlock, you know, refusing to give an inch and feeding Huerta for this equalizer in the 41st minute. You know, it was so it was so quick. And um, and uh, and it kind of takes the wind out of of what your team had just built had built up to to that point. Right. This this breakthrough goal, this breakthrough goal for one of your players who's working her way back, you know, in Chicago and also a team that wasn't used to a scoring goals in this challenge cup and B actually having a lead. So it was, it was all very, very quick and actually all was, and that's what I mean when I, I guess I said at the top of this episode that we're going to laugh because that's what I was left. I was like, well, that yes, was it's, it is pretty funny. Actually. I was like, yeah. that's pretty funny. Yeah. That is quite funny that you could like the lead. It was just, it was pretend it yeah, was just like, no, thank you. Where it's all preseason still, but um, yeah, no, they, they close out the, the rest stars went ahead and they, you know, they closed out their first half with a corner kick that was conceded by Rachel Hill. And uh, there just wasn't uh, uh, much there prior to those those two breakthrough goals. And then going into this second 45, we saw a flurry, a flurry of uh, substitutions to um, kind of close out this game, essentially. Again, we were talking about adjustments, whether, you know, tactical things or formation-wise or, or player rotations. Um, and we saw that in this game and for – the rain, they went ahead and they they brought off Megan Rapino and they replaced her with um, Zr King. And for Chicago, they had a, a trio of substitutions, uh, bringing on Kalia Watt for Rachel Hill, uh, Morgan Gatra for, for Danny Colaprico, and Mackenzie Doniak for, for Katie Johnson. Um, so we end up seeing in this second half um, a little bit of – a transformation in terms of the, the tempo of this game, I think. Uh, whereas in the beginning, it kind of had that sort of slow, disjointed feel on both sides of the balls. Then you kind of had Owo Rain and somebody like ZR King kind of come in and you wonder, can a player, one specific player, really kind of uh, elevate, you know, or raise the level of play for, for a game? And the answer is yes. And um, I think... O.L. Rain closing out their half on this link up between a player like Jess Fishlock and then somebody like Sophia Huerta and then adding somebody like Z.R. King into that mix that that for me, I think, automatically changed up some things um, for the team in this game. And then for Chicago, uh, I just don't think it had the same the same impact, uh, even when they had made 
all the the subs that they had made. Yeah, I don't know if you want to. Do you just want to go ahead and run down the other two goals that that the rain scored, and then I have some thoughts. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we saw a player like uh, we saw a player like King's impact really just sort of come into play. Right, really, guys, like in the final fifteen of this this match, there it was kind of deadlocked. Right, for, there was a dead period that I, I guess I kind of blacked out. Kind of some, <laughs> yeah, just kind of some some back and forth, and we just got to see. Just Fishlock keep being just Fishlock and really kind of pester that back line and and see Chicago kind of still struggle a little bit with that and then all of a sudden the the go ahead goal comes through in the 70th minute so the deadlock is broken and you know this happens because of this player that we're talking about in Ziara King she feeds Leah Pruitt and Leah Pruitt go ahead and break through and all of a sudden Chicago the deadlock is broken and it's the go ahead goal is scored and it's uh, it's two one. And uh, we saw like a little bit of a, again, a goal happen. So that wakes you up and you, we see this sort of, well, I guess would be considered like a sense of urgency, right? Out of Chicago. And I don't know if it was so much like a sense of urgency and then a pursuit of the ball with purpose or just like frantic play, right? It's like, how are you going to, how do you even describe that? And I guess, depending on the lens that you're looking at, you can say maybe right. it's a little bit of both, right? right. Um, so for Chicago, the frantic play kind of it pays off a little bit for a second. It 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 looks very very promising until Ziara King murders all of the good feeling yeah. and momentum, and they go up three to one. And uh, this happens because they have Ol Rain has another great veteran in, in Shirley Cruz, and she comes on and subs on into this match and starts to maintain this tempo that Ol Rain have built up at this point. Go ahead and, and feed Z.R. King, who quite frankly shakes off Casey Kruger and, and makes her way into the box and then gets this goal. And all of a sudden, they're up 3-1. Yeah. So um I like I want to say I want I'm gonna say two things that sound contradictory, but I don't think they are. One is that obviously Ziara King had a fat, a really, really great game. And she came in and was running at Chicago with purpose. She was great on the ball. She's a star, really, really great player. However, I also don't want to overstate how well O.L. Rain played in this game <laughs> because they didn't really solve any of their problems either. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll get into the stats a little bit more, but O.L. Rain got three okay looks at goal and they scored on all three of them. Um, Chicago won the XG battle once again. I don't think they've had a single game where they have not. Um, and OL Reigns XG was pretty low. It was like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.81, something like that. For all of our non-nerds out there. Oh, right, right, right. These are expected goals, y'all. Expected goals, which means uh, an expected goal is how likely you are to score a goal from the place where you take the shot. So what it does is it um, measures how good of a place you are when you shoot. So high XG chances turn don't turn into goals all the time, or low XG chances do turn into goals. But the idea is it's to measure how good you are at taking shots from advantageous places on the field. Uh, Sorry, just to ahead. pitch you, just to pitch you something else, Christian. We're on the stats portion of this. Yeah. Let's just stick with it now. Okay. Yeah. 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 This game ended three two because Chicago manifested a ridiculous goal off of a set piece that yeah. would be volleyed in by Morgan Gatra. So shout out to a sick goal for sure. And ultimately didn't lead to much more than, than a three, than a three, two loss. 
and um, staying on these these stats, when we saw these XG numbers, Claire, and I mentioned this to you off mic, where Chicago's was almost four. I'm not sure that my eyes bugged out. So I wanted you to maybe like walk me back. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not entirely sure that's true. So I've seen, so you guys will be shocked to hear that data in women's soccer is frequently incomplete and is sometimes rushed and isn't right. Um, I saw two different data sets for this game. One had Chicago. Yeah. At like a 3.6 or something. Um, I saw a different one that had them below two. So it, it just depends. I think it also depends. Obviously, the goal that uh, Kalia Watt scored that was called offside, that doesn't add to the XG because technically it wasn't a chance at all. That entire chance gets taken away by that offside call. I think they're really high. They had one one really high uh, shot opportunity, which I believe was the shot where it went, where the cross went through like three Chicago players. And I think one of them kind of got a foot on it, or it might've been the one where they hit the crossbar. I'm not entirely sure, but if you think about it in terms of the XG and you do maybe contest whether that Watt goal was offside, it was pretty high. Um, and, and so this is where we need to talk about, um, the good news and the bad news of, of the data right now. So data, good news, Chicago is underperforming their XG. Common sense kind of says that that will eventually start to even out. The bad luck will end to a certain extent and they will start getting calmer, better placed shots from those high XG points. Except um, the thing always there is that these are people. These are not robots. Um, And when you're struggling in front of goal like that, I think sometimes it indicates that you just need to keep working on your finishing. And sometimes it indicates shapes that are not the way that they need to be set up. Um, and I think the the thing, other statistical thing that does actually, well, actually there's two other <laughs> statistical things that do concern me a little bit. One being that I think you can really go both ways on how you feel about the shot, the goals versus shots on goal. Okay. So Chicago gave up six shots on goal in the challenge cup and they were scored on five of them. Um, you could say, wow, that's really bad luck. And it is, it is, but those opportunities were all pretty good. The opportunity that they gave up against, uh, Portland, Morgan Weaver, great goal opportunity against a rod. Great goal. Uh, that Leah Pruitt shot was a, it was a cutback, really nice work from Ziara King. The Sofia Huerta goal was where they just really messed up in the back and they got pounced on. I think that what you have to look at there is, are they locking the defense down for most of these games? Yes. You have to be mentally sharp for the full 90 in four games. They have not been able to do that. Um, And then the final statistical thing that is a concern, and this is kind of what I was talking about in terms of, is this 11, not only gelling, but are all of these pieces correct? Are all of these players correct? Is the passing accuracy was really poor on Tuesday night from both teams, actually both teams really struggled in their passing accuracy. I don't know if that was the field. I don't know what it was exactly, but by game four of four, you would hope that some of that stuff would improve. I also think that Chicago, if you watch them play, they don't want the passing accuracy to be low. You look at a team like North Carolina, they're running gun. They're doing long balls. Some things work. Some things don't. If their passing accuracy is low, That's not a big deal. That's part of the system for Chicago. 
when the passes aren't connecting that it, that just means that they're not executing what they want to do all that well. And there were some players, you know, we're not trying to like single anybody out, but like Rachel Hill ended the game with sub 50% passing accuracy. Um, yeah. And one shot. And it's just at what point do you say, I'm not sure this is good enough. Um, and the numbers are there, you know right. what I mean? Like we're talking a little bit about how, like, there's a, a couple different sources that we take a look at and, and you had mentioned that <clears throat> sometimes they're not always the most accurate, but you know, even within, you know, the NWSL site, you could, you could see these things. You right. could check heat maps, you could check shot attempts. And that's what we're looking at. We, we looked at, you know, you, I, I'm not uh, saying anything that's not true about any specific player. I'm looking at the website right now for Rachel Hill's 45 minutes and there was one shot attempt. Yeah. Um, So it's just, uh, again, we're just the, the questions, man, the questions. And if if a team is is talking about building a layered attack and then you have this, uh, this fourth match here in challenge cup where, we're looking at these numbers and it's, it's the game, the final game. And it's the game that has the lowest passing accuracy right. of your challenge cup matches. You're kind of scratching your head a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think um, it's something that will either resolve itself or it won't. Right. It's just either there are two options here and I don't know what the right one is, is you either stick with what you've been doing and say, yes, this XG is going to work itself out. We are going to start scoring more goals. We're going to shut off the mental mistakes and good luck to everybody else. Right. Because they are better than their results. It's clear that they're better than their results, but you got to put the pieces together or, or you go back. Here's my pitch. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it for one second, but here's what I think. I think you go back to the four, four, two diamond. And here's how you line up. You've got your back four solid back four, right? You've got Kruger, Davidson, Gordon, right? Great. You go back to the diamond. Colaprico is your six. Julie Ertz is your 10, baby. You put Gatra and <laughs> Di Bernardo in the middle. You say, good luck. And then you have a top two of Pew and Watt. And that's your team. We just, uh, we're just, so connected in our mind mode. I, I mean, and I emphasize this again when, yeah. when we do the previews, when we link up for our previews and our recaps, and like we chat a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And we like help each other sort of brainstorm and we get in the zone of producing this content. And it's just true. It's like whenever I'm like locking in a lineup, it's not really what I think we're going to see. It's what I want to see. Yeah, and I exactly. was like, it's the last game of the Challenge Cup, man. Put Julie Ertz in the 10. Yeah, just yeah. do it and see what happens. Right. Um, I almost thought we might have seen we we, we might have seen a little it. bit of yeah. it. Yeah, I almost thought we were going to see a more uh, consistent version of of Julie Ertz in the ten against Kansas City. Right, and I was like laughing and having a good chuckle about that a little bit because I thought, well, you know, the very first time Julie Ertz made her debut in the midfield, it was as a ten against FC Kansas City. She also played the ten in college and did great. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm yes, correct. I'm in like NWSL. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was just kind of like, man, it would be great if Juilliard's got in the mid again yeah. against KC NWSL, and we saw a little bit of that. And so, like, I, I just thought, like, you know, you're going to you're going to to a narrow pitch. You're hitting the road. It's it's a it's a game that doesn't have dire consequences, right? It's one last run out against a competitive NWSL side. Do some stuff, right? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I don't think it's, um, 
how do I phrase this? I don't think it is going to do your team a disservice or feel like you're going backwards. I don't think it's going to be that at all. I agree. Yeah. I think it's taking a look at your pieces. Yep. It's taking a look at who you're moving forward with and making sure it all fits correctly. Right. Uh, No one's going to be talking about the lack of goals or the lack of attack or whatever if the formation works and then the wins come. No one's going to give a shit. I'll tell you that right now. Yep. Um, So let's close the door on this. (laughs) Coming Coming out of this game. Yeah. Coming out of this Challenge Cup. Here's another truth. There's not a lot of panic, Claire. No. No. You know, we hop on these calls with the team after their games. It's always, you know, friend of the pod, Rory Dames, and Mm -hmm. uh, X, Y, or Z player, right? And not once, not even in this last game uh, to close out their Challenge Cup, is there any semblance of panic whatsoever? Nope. This is a team that is very clearly working on things. And it sounds like they are eager to have a little bit of time to reflect and then get another crack. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a very steady hand right now. I think, um, which is good. Like they are approaching this the only way that you possibly can, which is to not, you know, get, get too emotional about it. It's to evaluate the, again, the data sets that you're collecting um, adjust and, and move forward. And they're right that the results really don't matter at this point. That is true. Um, and I think they're, they're choosing to focus on the positive, at least when they're in these post games. And I think that that's valid because the positives are there. Um, it's more just like, how do you, how do you stop teams that you're out playing from beating you? And I think that that is, ultimately the question. And I think that that's not a question that you can answer in a post game. So I think that it, it makes sense kind of what they are doing. Um, I am interested though, because they have this break and then they're going to Portland. They are opening their regular season in Providence park. And we know how that can go for them. And it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens both during and after that game. Um, and, and I think that uh, this is one final thing. Maybe this is good. This is a good place to do this. And that, in that idea of how do you stop teams that are, that you're out playing from, from beating you. I think that we're seeing other teams figure out kind of the way you control a game to, to beat the red stars you know, you absorb, you kind of are meticulous in your first half, and then you kind of turn it on in the second half and make those, have them make those mental mistakes. And so I think that you have to look at that as well of like, how do we change the arc of these matches? Um, And Portland is going to be a big, big test for that in how they're going to try to control that narrative. It's, um, there's, this is it for now there's there's not a ton of game there's not a game to preview for next week um the regular season for nwsl kicks off on may the 15th um claire has let you all know that the very first regular season game is going to be against portland thorns in providence park that is taking place on sunday may 16th um 
if the Red Stars maybe learned anything out of this Challenge Cup, it's that the beginning of their season is not going to be easy. Uh, there's going to be games on games on games in the month of May. Uh, you have Portland Thorns on May the 16th, a quick turnaround for the home opener at SeatGeek Stadium on May 22nd, another quick turnaround away at Kansas City on May 26th, and an even quicker turnaround on Sunday at Houston Dash on May 29th. So hopefully there will be some more things within this May window of games uh, that we get to chat about uh, on this podcast with everyone, a continuation of perhaps some of the things that we've been seeing, uh, maybe a reevaluation of things or a readjustment of things. I don't know. We will see. We will be with everyone along the way. Claire, let's close it out in a way to uh, let people know that, uh, you know, maybe there shouldn't be that kind of panic right now. If the club's not feeling it, we shouldn't be feeling it. For sure. Uh, top uh, let, let's go line by line. What's a, what's a good thing, top line, middle line, back line that you enjoy during challenge cup who, what, who, or what did you do enjoy? Yeah. Um, okay. So back line, Oh, I thought a really fun thing actually in this rain game is, is, uh, Kayla Sharple's heading ability. I was like, man, she's got good technique. I, I, you know, whether it was on, on set pieces or defensively, she's got a great turn of the head flick motion where she can really direct that ball in a lot of different directions. It's not just like straight on headers. So I was struck by how good her heading technique is. And considering that Chicago has been making so many crosses, I'm like, how do you get her in the mix more? Because I think that you've got a, an aerial weapon there that, that maybe we didn't realize uh, to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, good things about the midfield. I think that I've been really pleasantly surprised by uh, Vanessa Bernardo. I think that she's been asked to do some different things. Like she's a player that I think had some particular um struggles with some of the things she was being asked to do in 2019. And I think she's being asked to do different things in 2021. And I think that she's done a nice job rising to the occasion there. She's not their shooter. She's not their, you know, like run and gun kind of a 10. So they're having her move into different parts of the pitch to be that collaborative player. And I think that she's done a nice job of that. Um, and then front line, um, I am I am excited by Mallory Pugh and I still believe in Kalia Watt. And I think that those are really just my two where I think Mal Pugh has been what she's shown has been really good. I think Katie Johnson has proven to shown some some different looks. And I think that Watt is a player that we just we saw it like turn on for a second in that OL rain game. And it's like. I don't know. I genuinely do not know how long it's supposed to take to get that consistency back. but. If we can get more of that, then I think that things will start cooking. Yeah, right on. Um, I'm in agreement with you and uh, at least multiple players within the lines that you mentioned. I think um, Sarah Gordon is uh, looking like Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. She's looking like uh, there's no question marks there in terms of uh, a player who's considered a starting caliber defender in this league. Yeah. Um, so it was good to, to see her get her runs out during this challenge cup. Um, the midfield, uh, I'm not, you know, I agree with you about Vanessa DiBernardo. It's been, it's been fun to cover some of this, what, uh, this right wing play, um, from her during the challenge cup, but, um, also covering Morgan Gatra during this, yeah. this challenge cup, uh, you know, she's a player who, she's a player that helps the team look a certain kind of way when she's on the pitch 
And uh, it was, <laughs> there were some fun moments watching them try to feed her through as if she was the yeah. paciest player on the pitch. And we yeah. were like, oh, that's not, that's interesting. Uh, but it was, it, it, it felt right that she closed out her Challenge Cup with a goal. Uh, and uh, for the top line for me, yeah, I'm right there for you. I'm absolutely impressed by the very limited minutes that we've seen out of Mel Pugh. Um, she's looking like a player who wants to make a statement. And uh, I am really excited to see her make that statement with the Chicago Red Stars. And um, yeah, I'm in agreement with you about Kalia Watt. We, I think we saw a lot of good things from her in 2020. It was a limited amount of games and she's got a whole regular season to try and find some of that consistency. So depending on what Chicago is going to do moving forward, I know they've got a ton of strikers. They've got a ton of forwards. They've been collecting them over the last two or three seasons or so. But I think if you're Chicago and you're moving forward into this regular season, um, you've got decisions to make. And whether you're going with a front two or if you're going with three, it's going to be some combination of Wapu and Johnson, and that's it. And you need yep. to call it a day and you need to give them that confidence. You need to tell those three players that they are the ones and move forward. So we will be back with some question mark episodes because there are three weeks involved where there's not going to be Chicago Red Star soccer fan, but we will figure it out for you. We always do. We uh, come, you know, we come with you with some chill episodes. Maybe we'll talk about some non-soccer things. I know you guys enjoy that. And uh, as things get closer to the regular season, we will provide uh, some previews of the Portland Thorns and Chicago Red Stars games. So in the meantime, I just want to thank you all for your support of Southside Trap. Thank you for staying with us on this journey during the Challenge Cup. Uh, we hardly knew you. Thanks for the memories. Uh, they're already hazy. Uh, you can continue your support uh, directly <laughs> is the best way at uh, our patron at Southside Trap patron. Find a tier that works for you. We've got all types of subscriptions starting from $2 to $25. If uh, any of them are you know lucrative to you, go ahead and buy in. If not, uh, understand times are hard and I just want to let you know that there are a multitude of ways to continue your support of Southside Trap and you can do that by following us on all social media channels like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. You can find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us, leave us a like, rating, review, subscribe. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So everyone be well, continue to make good choices, wear your mask, wash your face, get vexed, and continue your support of players in Black Knight. And we'll be back with you all soon.